0: So one unanswered question left from my, uh, Ukraine pontificating is, uh, does President Zelensky, is President Zelensky bleeding us for money because of the dirt he has on American politicians? He's gone on record a couple of times saying that he needs like 5 billion dollars a day or a month or or something like that. <laughs> I must I must know. Pardon my attention deficit. So, it looks like uh 5 million or 5 5 billion a month at Davos. This article from uh May 24th from the Next News Network. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky opened up the Davos Con- uh, conference in Switzerland with a speech and requested $5 billion a month from the global conference immediately to help them win their fight with Russia. Okay, so maybe there's uh, English as a second language barrier here, but if you're asking for $5 billion per month, then you're not immediately defeating Russia, are you? But he's getting plenty. He's already up to, what, $54 billion from from just the United States. I mean, Poland and other NATO nations are helping out as well. So I guess that kind of debunks my blackmail theory. Although... All he would really need, aside from just the dirt on on the children of corrupt American politicians working for energy companies that do business in Ukraine, if not based in Ukraine, really all he would need is evidence that he was asked to help influence the 2020 election. And that would be enough. I think, I don't know, these arrogant prima donnas that claim to be our political representatives seem to only care about themselves and their images. So it makes me wonder like how little, like what could be the least damning evidence that he has that a politician would bend over backwards to keep from coming out? It's kind of weird because, uh, you know, I have a religious background, I'm exposed to religion and I have conversations with people that have really strong religious beliefs. And so it's there, it's part of me. And I, I wonder like, is, is the lack of godliness just in the world in general, and I'm, I'm not a fan of religion. I don't believe in religion. I think religion is just another establishment that tries to control people for uh, powerful, to to serve powerful people's agendas. I don't think it really has to do with holiness or righteousness in most cases. But I wonder, is is religion, or, or was religion keeping people honest for fear of, you know, eternal damnation in the lake of fire. Now that religion has kind of taken a back seat in in people's proverbial, you know, moral vehicle <laughs> because look, if if you don't have imprisonment to fear as we know these the powerful elite don't fear imprisonment and then you also don't fear eternal damnation in the lake of fire what is your motivation to do the right thing well it would be uh would be what preserving your image preserving your legacy your reputation you know for your kids i thought that that was Probably why Donald Trump got involved in politics, not for himself, but to establish a future for his children, establish a legacy. Now I gotta find out. I gotta find out. There's this intelligence operation from from several years ago. It's called Operation Midnight Climax. Go, Google, go. Uh okay, it began in the fifties. Perfect. It lines up. Hey everybody, my my intuition was correct. Potentially. Allegedly. So Operation Midnight Climax, I've brought it up before on this podcast or the other one. It it involved um well the official story is that they were they were trying to uh learn the effects of drugs on the minds of anybody of americans people and 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 the motivation was well we got to find out if our politicians or you know high ranking military officials were captured and given these psychedelic drugs i mean they were using lsd would they give away secrets? So they they manipulated local politicians and probably some bigger politicians. How would we ever actually know? They lured them into brothels. <coughs> Pardon me. They lured them into brothels. They paid the prostitutes to drug the drinks of these people. And then they watched through you know, video camera surveillance or two-way mirrors to see the effects of these drugs they claimed. Well, then also as a added bonus, they now had all of this dirt on these politicians that were going to see hookers. So what What was, was the motivation to manipulate politicians or was it to find out the uh, potentially truth-telling effects of lsd and other drugs well i mean maybe it was both so but that worked in the 50s you could take uh something as well in today's times trivial as cheating on their wives with a prostitute and then the culture shifted And it became all about free love, man. Oh, yeah. So, you know, John F. Kennedy could run around and bang Marilyn Monroe and people just kind of looked the other way. It wasn't nearly as offensive as it was, you know, 10 years earlier. Well, then the cultural outrage shifted and it became about homosexual tendencies. So now you could be manipulated if they caught you on tape doing... Homosexual things. And now the culture has shifted again. And being gay is not a problem in the eyes of the leadership. So they can't... The, the point is they can't use it to blackmail people. And then the culture shifts again. And now we're trying to normalize pedophilia. So what, what is... I mean... If you connect those dots, what does that tell you about what our current and recent past representatives have been up to? Hmm? I don't know. I'm not trying to go all QAnon on you. But it does give one pause. And if they're, if they're, nor- if they're normalizing pedophilia because our representatives are pedophiles. And wh- what's the next culture shift? What do we what do we go from? We go from pedophilia to what? Straight to hell. Lake of fire, right? <laughs> All right. So maybe Zelensky has uh maybe he's got that dirt. You know, maybe there there was uh a lot of suspicion that you know, Hillary Clinton's email server that she deleted the 33,000 emails from, you you remember the thing, it would, turned out to be a whole bunch of nothing. I mean, it, it, I don't believe it was nothing, but it was nothing because she deleted it and then it got covered up and our Justice Department is so squeaky clean that they just happened to not look into it, just like they happened to not look into, uh, you know the epstein maxwell client list of rich and powerful people that paid them to have sex with underage children which i guess is a little redundant although just because they're under the age of consent doesn't really make them children right and now now i'm now what i i'm normalizing pedophilia no I wouldn't say a 16-year-old is a child, though. Below the age of consent. I mean, it's just semantics. I'm not saying it's okay. But this is obviously the game, right? Catch these powerful people in compromising positions, and then the power becomes yours. I mean, and this was before the horribly corrupt individuals had all the wealth and the power i mean that's and that's kind of what i get to with the whole religion angle how do you manipulate would be the the negative term or influence in a positive way i mean good lord does anybody out there want to do the right thing is anybody trying to make positive changes or is it just oh quick fill my pockets and establish my children's legacy before I die because that's the only thing that matters people that want to help other people don't they they don't they don't take the path of the CEO or you know the federal politician and why is that well in my opinion it's because they have to do so many horrible things to good people to climb the corporate ladder, to climb the ladder of politics. And good people aren't willing to do those things. So we wind, we wind up being led by a pack of scumbags and criminals and pedophiles. Lucky us. But the, the final you know, beacon of hope, which is now you know, being smothered by the insane left, is our conservative supreme court they ended their twenty-one, twenty-two session in, in in july i mean at the end of june like hey guys we're taking a half year like I, I mean i don't know i don't know how the supreme court operates i'm sure it's probably i'm sure they you know they take a vacation and then they start doing other things but imagine getting a full year's worth of work done in six months that is effective although i don't uh, like there's plenty of angles to take on on the scotus quandary i guess because on one hand i mean they're giving us some wins roe v wade was overturned whether you're pro-abortion or not you must admit it was a bad precedent there's nothing in, this, in the federal constitution for abortion, which means the issue of abortion belongs to the states. That's just how it works legally in this country. I'm sorry if you don't like it. I personally think that it's fine. But look at all the chaos that is being stirred up. Look at all the violent protests. I mean, I'm surprised this Highland Park shooter didn't have some manifesto about how it was the Roe v. Wade decision that drove him to this violence. But the media is too busy trying to paint him as a, a right-wing terrorist, which I don't buy. There's, there's, I mean, come on, the guy's last name was CriMo? Like, give me a freaking break. Sure, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's also fabricated. There's too, many, there's too many suspicious things that persist from shooting to shooting. Like, oh, hey, we still, don't get a, we, we still don't get the full picture. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how many times it happens. There's still conflicting information with pieces missing from the story. But, hey, let's take it by let's let's take it as gospel and use it to completely change the culture of the country. I guess sounds like a bad idea to me. But you know, it was the Democrats that set us up for all of these six, three decisions from the Supreme Court because they changed the rules. Yes, they did. And this is why. You know, the the Roe v. Wade's uh, decision came out and then there was the Second Amendment decision that came out. And of course, the left is losing their minds. But what they fail to mention is this is all because they changed the rules back in in, uh, 2013 under Obama to make it easier to approve judges. And I got this piece from... uh, The Huffington Post, oh yeah, they're dirty, they're dastardly. But this was from 2018 by Igor Bobich. Republicans are confirming judges at a breakneck pace and are pushing forward with changes to Senate rules that make it even easier to confirm more of President Donald Trump's judicial nominees. It's a tremendously important achievement one that is already being called their most enduring legacy. Yes. (laughs) Well done. Well done, Democrats. You made it easier to get freaking railroaded. But Democrats who blew up the rules when they were in the majority to make it easier to confirm executive and judicial nominees say they have no regrets about doing so. Oh, yes. Yes, they have no regrets about doing that. They have no regrets about the lockdowns. (laughs) And they have no regrets about shoving Joe Biden down our throats either, right? It wasn't a mistake. The mistake is to have people confirm judges that are way out of the mainstream and to refuse to be thoughtful about what we're going to do to the judiciary. Senator Jeff Merkley, Democrat of Oregon, a lead proponent of filibuster reform at the time, told HuffPost this week. Oh, yes, yes, Jeff. Yes, Jeff. We must rely on people to do the right thing, right? Because your side is always so good about doing the right thing and taking the will of the people into account before you make decisions. So naturally, they'll have no qualms about packing the Supreme Court. Because since the Democrats can't win by appealing to the sensibilities of their constituents, they just have to change the rules so that they can ram through as much of their bullshit as possible. That's my one for the show. Thank you. In 2013, under the leadership of then-Senator Harry Reid, Democrats voted to deploy a parliamentary procedure dubbed the nuclear option. That sounds responsible. To change the Senate rules to pass most executive and judicial nominees by a simple majority vote, instead of the long-standing 60-vote threshold Needed to overcome a filibuster. There you go. They changed the rules and it screwed them. And now they're using that to foment insurrection. And now they say, we're not going to listen to the Supreme Court. F the the Supreme Court, Lori Lightfoot said. Oh, and yeah, and what a model of leadership she is. We talked about Chicago in the the last episode. It's like I said, they only worry about filling their own pockets and they don't care who they trample to get it done. It's gross. But one of the more beautiful things that the Supreme court has done is curbing uh bureaucracy with this, uh, EPA ruling Uh, This is just from SCOTUS blog Which is very left They're a bunch of haters Uh, The Supreme Court on Thursday Truncated the Environmental Protection Agency's power To regulate greenhouse gases The ruling may hamper President Joe Biden's plan to fight climate change And could limit the authority of federal agencies Across the executive branch By a vote of 6-3 to The court agreed with Republican-led states and coal companies that the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit was wrong when it interpreted the Clean Air Act to give the EPA expansive power over carbon emissions. The decision, written by Chief Justice John Roberts, was handed down on the final opinion day of the 2021-22 term. Two different and conflicting sets of uh, regulations, neither of which is currently in effect, were at issue in the case known as West Virginia v. EPA. In 2015, the Obama administration adopted the Clean Power Plan, which sought to combat climate change by reducing carbon pollution from power plants. For example, by shifting electricity production to natural gas plants or wind farms. The CPP set individual goals for each state to cut power plant emissions by 2030. But in 2016, the Supreme Court put the CPP on hold, in response to a challenge by several states and private parties. In 2019, the Trump administration repealed the CPP and replaced it with the Affordable Clean Energy Rule, which gave states discretion to set standards and gave power plants flexibility in complying with those standards. The Trump administration argued that it was required to end the CPP because it exceeded the EPA's authority under Section 7411 of the Clean Air Act, which gives the EPA the power to determine the best system of emission reductions for for buildings that emit air pollutants that provision the Trump administration contended only allows the EPA to implement measures that apply to the physical premises of a of a power plant rather than the kind of industry-wide measures included in the CPP so the ruling Rained the EPA in it, but not only is it reigning in the EPA, it's reigning in all the bureaucracy. Which means they can't take these broad interpretations of of language in legislation and use it as a you know boot on the neck of business and energy production in this country. As they've been doing, I mean, sh- she says that, uh, that Amy Howe, this journalist that writes this article, said that they weren't in effect. Okay, well, perhaps that one wasn't in effect. But we know that bureaucracy has been out of control. And it doesn't just end with the EPA, thankfully. So it's another W for conservatives and people that just want to preserve. I mean, you don't even have to be conservative at this point. You just have to like the country and want it to do well. I mean, who doesn't? This is what gets me so frustrated. Who doesn't want their country to do well? Honestly. I mean, if you look on the screen, it's everybody. Everybody hates the country. They're all protesting They're all moving to Canada Or elsewhere I say good riddance Don't let the door hit you in the ass On the way out Or do, I don't care If you hate this country, I don't want you here And if you hate this country Why are you still here? Well, I think maybe it's because You don't really hate this country You just like the attention You like being edgy You like being trendy. And uh, unfortunately, hating this country is trendy right now. I'll be back. Goodbye.